It is time. We have covered a lot of ground over the last few weeks in the area of body image. And if you've been following along, you have gotten a deep dive into the three aspects of body shame, the internal, external, and the eternal. If you have no clue what I'm talking about, please go back and listen to episode one from the Bibles and Body series because this will make a whole lot more sense when you have listened from start to finish. So if you've been caught up to speed on these several mistakes that we as active Christian women make, then you likely know that it is so important that we dive into what biblical modesty looks like and biblical body image. And to be honest, we all make these mistakes, right? We are approaching this with the most amount of grace because half of us probably didn't even know that we had these beliefs. So if you've caught up in part two, you learned all about that modesty. You learned it likely wasn't the modesty talk that you had in high school. Hopefully it wasn't. And instead of getting those hem lengths or neckline guidelines, I gave you some deeply prompting questions to help you discover for yourself the story that your clothes tell about you. And then finally, I gave you three powerful truths to speak over yourself to help you navigate biblical modesty. Now, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed talking with you guys about this topic. And the feedback that I've gotten has been super encouraging. There is just, I feel like, a fire that has has been lit. One follower on Instagram said that it gave her goosebumps and completely changed the way that she sees modesty, which can we just take a second to praise the Lord for that? Like that is amazing. That that is the goal. That's why we are here for active women like you who want to approach health from a place that honors the Lord and their body, who want to use strength to find freedom. So all of that to say, if you have not checked out part one or part two of the series, you are going to want to do that before diving in here because those two episodes intentionally lay the groundwork for this last and final episode, how to build a wardrobe that honors the Lord and your body. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, I'm Laura Lindahl, and with over 10 years of training and coaching experience in the fitness industry, I've discovered how to build a body that I love without body shame, self-judgment, or burnout. And this is not your average fitness podcast that shows you how to apply the biblical principles of the gospel to your fitness journey to create lasting confidence and joy that impacts the kingdom in a body that you absolutely love. This is the Her True Strength Podcast. Okay, so when it comes to our closets, it doesn't matter if you were born yesterday or 1955. Fashion has always been an aspect of our lives as women. Some women live for it. I know women who love gathering up clothes. They love to showcase them. They love to select pieces that reflect their personality, colors that complement their skin tones, textures that make them feel cozy. And I also know some women who just wear clothes simply as a form of function. Like, But we can't really get around the fact that we all wear clothes. <laughs> we all have a closet of sorts. And maybe it's larger than you'd like. Maybe it's smaller than you'd like. Either way, your clothes reflect a lot about your likes and dislikes and I believe have the power to influence both you and others. See, there are companies out there who literally just even help people find their color to feel empowered and confident. They exist. I've looked into it. I like the color green. It's my power color. <laughs> but before diving in, I want to acknowledge that having this opportunity to even talk about our closet. Can we just take a moment to say how much of a blessing it is? Clothes are a blessing. 
being able to go through your closet and have clothes to pick from, it's a blessing. So can we just take a moment to praise the Lord and be grateful for that? Not only has God given us air to breathe, food to live, ears to hear this podcast, he's also given you the ability to work and a body to clothe. So a moment to praise Jesus for the topic we're about to unpack because even having this discussion is a sign that we are blessed. Am I right? And it's from this place of gratitude that we dig into today's topic how to create a closet that honors the Lord and your body. Matthew 6, 25, 27 reminds us that we were not meant to think about what we wear because the body is made for more than just clothes. And I used to kind of wrestle with this first. Should we just ignore what we wear altogether? Is it not important? Are clothes not a spiritual issue? And I got to be honest, I don't think so. Imagine this with me for a minute. You're walking into your closet. Hangers are spaced apart so you can see the clothes that you only love. Your shelves are free from bins of old clothes that don't fit your body anymore. All of your options feel great on your body and you feel like yourself when you put them on. You can quickly access unique outfits that aren't spending so much time trying clothes that don't fit or feel right. Imagine putting on outfits that you're able to think less about your body and think more of others. Let me ask you, how might that affect you spiritually? likely a lot, right? You'll have more time to get in the word, more thoughts about the goodness of God, and less, honestly, about belittling your body. See, what we wear, what we choose to put on our clothes reflects a lot about us and our spiritual condition. If it didn't, I don't think that God would have included so much about it in scripture. I mean, doesn't that dream closet just sound great? Maybe it's a total dreamboat situation that could never happen. Maybe you think it's impossible. It's not. I promise you. There are three major beliefs, however, that do trip us up as women when it comes to the clothes in our closet. Three, at least, that I've noticed in my clients, my own life, my family that tend to hold us back from getting where we want to go, from having that pleasant experience when we try on our clothes for the morning. And while all different, each of these beliefs create the same result. They all can build us up a closet that feels overwhelming to manage, encourage us to make purchases that are emotional, and can make us feel pressured to be someone that we're not or dwelling in the past of who our body used to be. And as a result, we can find ourselves being overly critical of our body and want something for ourselves that God does not have for us in that season, which can breed discontentment and heaping ton of joy from the moment. And also to add hurt to harm, it's not like we never see our closet, right? We come in contact with our closet almost every day, if not multiple times a day. So these issues have the tendency to multiply over time and before you know it we're stressed by what is supposed to bless oh dang (laughs) that was good okay so what are these mistakes what in the world does all of this have to do with bibles and bodies why share all about closets laura (laughs) well i want you to have freedom i want you to be able to walk into your closet pick out clothes that you love and fit your body and honestly the big hit home message is just to be on your way to being the beautifully crafted human that God made you to be without thinking and doubting your body throughout the day. And I believe that if the grave is empty, then anything is possible. So even as I'm talking about this, if some doubts come up for you, like there's no way that's possible for me, then just let me remind you, the grave is empty. Freedom is possible for you, even if it might take a closet overhaul, which 
honestly, is exactly what I'll be sharing with you at the end, my four-step process for how to do just that. So make sure that you stay to the end. All right, let's get into it. What are these three beliefs, these three sneaky thoughts that we have that keep us from having the closet that honors our body and honors the Lord? All right, numero uno. If I don't have the latest trend, I'm not fashionable. I'm not sure about you, but I'm a late adopter to trends. It literally took me until 2017 in college to switch from my beloved bootcut jeans to skinny jeans. And guess what? Fashion has switched back. People are now wearing bootcuts and I'm not converting again because I love my skinny jeans now. My point is this. If we are leaning so heavily on the trends that culture tells us is in style, we will become overly critical of our body. Because as I'm sure you already know, not every new trend and style fits everybody's body. I mean, this literally and figuratively. You don't have to like skinny jeans and you also don't like to have to love the 90s throwback trends. See, when we rely heavily on the passing trends of the day, we can easily find ourselves feeling like our closet is outdated, like it's suddenly not good enough. And when we see our body in a trend that is supposed to be fitting and isn't, we somehow don't blame the trend, we blame our body. We ask ourselves, why are my legs so wide? Why is my waist not smaller? Why does this make me look this way? And we're not left feeling happy in our body. We are left feeling discontent. We're left feeling searching and honestly unsettled. In the fashion industry, guys, it's an industry for a reason. It thrives on change and the latest colors and styles changing to create a drive for more. Please don't give into it. Remember, what is fashionable isn't always biblical. And even though there's nothing wrong with wanting to be stylish, it can easily turn into a disordered desire that creates a shopping addiction and a closet full of clothes that aren't good enough anymore. Listen, the trends will always be changing, but God does not. Here's what to do instead. Find a style of clothes that you feel comfortable in. Select just a few colors that you really feel like yourself in and donate the rest to a charity or sell them to a consignment store. And be sure to stay to the end of the episode where I give you my four-step process, by the way, for that full closet declutter. But for now, start thinking about what colors you love. Like even just now as you're listening to this podcast, what colors do you love to wear? Green, black, purple, red, whatever it is, select those colors and identify those clothes in your closet. And I guarantee you, they might just be the ones that you keep washing again and again because you love them. Own that. It's okay. And if you find yourself having friction against this, maybe you're having some thoughts come up. I'd like to offer you a question. Why have you grown so attached to your clothes? Seriously, what is it about them that you find so hard to let go of? If for a lot of people, the question that I get is, you spent a lot of money on them and now you feel like there's a cost that you have to keep them. However, what I would ask you is how great is that cost for keeping them? It's probably a cost you feel every day when you see your overstuffed closet or try something on you don't love and have to go find something else, that time, that frustration. And can I just tell you that the reward for letting them go goes far beyond the good vibes that you get dropping off a few bags at Goodwill. Every time you put on your clothes, you'll be reminded that your body is good and you'll just be less focused on trying to prove that you're stylish to those around you. I hope that makes sense. Second belief, the size I wear says a lot about me and my body. Guys, can I be really honest? I'm, oh, I always try to be honest. Can I be really honest with you for a minute here? Sizes are stupid. 
They're so stupid. I mean, pardon my strong language there, but we get so attached to something that is so unstable and is like building a castle of dreams on a fluffy little cloud. They're always changing. Listen, if you have kids, you likely know the ridiculousness of child's clothes sizing. For example, when Boaz was three months old, he was in six-month-old clothes. Six months. That would be like trying on a size five pair of jeans and then a size 10 pair of jeans and both of them fitting. This is crazy. So why is it that we get so attached to a size? Why the excitement when we drop a size and the despair when we have to go up a size? I've honestly asked myself this question a lot and the conclusion that I keep coming back to is this. We create an interpretation of that size, right? I don't have an interpretation of Boaz being fat or Boaz having trouble with his weight management when he's wearing size six clothes. See, we tell ourselves in our story that bigger means bad and smaller means good. Am I right? But what if you need a bigger size because you're pregnant? That's not bad. What about needing a bigger size to fit your popping quads from lifting? Also, not bad. And on the flip side, what if your clothes get too big because you can't keep weight on because you're in a terrible bout of depression? And that's not necessarily good, right? Listen, I don't know what season of life you're in right now, but I do know this. Your body is good. And even when body shame sneaks in and tells you otherwise, it cannot shake the identity that God gave your body at the beginning of time when he looked at the creation of man and said, it is very good. See, the reality is here that we are more broken than we could ever imagine. Contrary to popular opinion, our hearts are not innately good. We're actually really selfish. But the good news is this, you are loved beyond your comprehension, even in your brokenness. So this attachment, that we found ourselves with a size 8, 6, 10, 12, or 18, we have to let that go. Realizing it's a false identity outside of what Christ has called us. And then, and only then, we can pursue health for our body from a place of acceptance and peace rather for it. I cannot tell you how drastic the change was on my body and in my body when I stopped stressing over these numbers. I think we drastically underestimate the stress and the effect of it that has on our body when we obsess over sizes like this. So if this is you, I'm in that boat with you. I'm in the trenches. I've been there. But I can tell you there is so much freedom that comes when we let that size go and we detach the interpretation of what that size means about us. Okay. Third belief. Shopping is just retail therapy. Listen. There's been a lot going on in the world. (laughs) Can we just say that? Guys, we don't have a TV and I don't live under a rock, but I still know there's a lot that we could be worried about right now. And that's not even taking into account the family stress, financial stress, relational issues we all run into, okay? There is no hiding it. This world is broken. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It sucks. Sin sucks, right? But if you are the woman who finds herself running to TJ Maxx when you're stressed for retail therapy, can I gracefully and compassionately tell you a little secret? There's a better form of therapy. It's called therapy. (laughs) If you've been following me for some time, you know I've been on a journey for the last few years to discover a healthy means to processing big emotions. And I have to tell you that Christian counseling has been an integral part of that journey. So while purchasing a new top might make you feel extra special at the party, let me ask you this. How long does that thrill last? How many times will you wear it before it starts to look a little frumpy? Can we find joy in comfortable clothes? Yes we can. Are they meant to help us cope with the brokenness of the world? No. 
That is a hefty ask for a few threads of cotton. (laughs) Listen, when we shop out of emotion or compulsion, we can easily spend more than we want and just add to the task force required to keep our closet organized, not to mention the perpetual striving sensation and feeling that we can easily fall into to chase the thrill of something new, getting a good deal, or my personal bend of chasing the compliment of being noticed for wearing something new. Anyone else out there with that? If you find yourself compulsively shopping to soothe your sorrows, just know that I see you. The Father sees you. Your hurt is real, and better yet, Jesus sees you. He wants to be your therapy. He wants to be the living water that makes you never thirst again. He wants to be your balm. And finding a Christian counselor is a great way to do that. If you're not sure where to start, send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to share with you the process that I use to connect to my counselor. Okay, so we've come to the end of the top three beliefs that we as active Christian women can adopt when it comes to our closets. What did you think? Did one of them resonate? Did one of them hit home? If it did, I would encourage you to write it down. Don't just listen to this podcast. You know we're about action. Now let's ask ourselves, what do we do about it? Once we've broken up with these beliefs, how can we curate a closet that honors the Lord and our body? Well, before I share, allow me to invite you to a special event designed just for you as an active Christian woman. If you are the active Christian woman who's been wrestling with body shame for longer than you'd like to admit, maybe the thought of stepping on a scale, looking in the mirror, or showing up to a party in a dress size that's bigger than your last gives you the heebie-jeebies. Can I share a message of hope with you? I think it's time for more active Christian women like you to find freedom from all the shame, guilt, and frustration we feel in our bodies. I believe you can see your body in the mirror and love what you see, even if you don't always like it. And I believe that the gospel is the answer to helping us do that. That's why for the first time ever on February 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be hosting the Bodies and Bibles Masterclass to help you find peace in your body, freedom from judgment, and hope for your health and fitness journey. If that sounds at all interesting to you, register today to save your seat and get your ticket by going to truestrengthcollective.com slash BBMC. And I can't wait to see you there. Okay, we've broken down those beliefs. The barriers are down. How can we as active Christian women curate a closet that honors our Lord and our body? I'll be teaching this much more in depth inside the BBMC masterclass, but here's a 3000 foot overview of the four step process that you can start to implement today. This process does not take long. You can literally do it in an under an hour. And yes, all of the steps start with the same letter because guys, I just can't help myself. I love a good alliteration. Okay. Before we begin to edit out pieces of clothing that don't honor the Lord or our body, we need to do first one very important thing that not a lot of coaches or self-help gurus will tell you. You need to pray. If you're anything like me, I can do a lot of busyness that is really just with the intent of bettering myself and can very quickly become a prideful way for me to control and manipulate my world to just make myself feel better. But listen, God can't love you any more than he does right now. And while this will make you feel better, I want the primary purpose of this purge to be the glorification of God, not just a cleaning up our act. That's why we're here, right? That is the purpose of our body. We are image bearers and to faithfully represent that purpose in our body, we need to seek the Lord. So before you bust out the garbage cans and bins, just get still. Fall to your knees if you want to and just invite the Lord into that space, will you? Ask the Holy Spirit to fight off fear 
shame and guilt that could sneak in as you're going through this process. If you feel like you're stuck in that cycle of comparison, discontentment, and proving, start here. Start with prayer and let the Father help you in the process. And when you've done that, not if you've done that, I know that you're going to do it and sat for a moment, then let's move on. Okay, so first is prayer. Second, we need to present. Present ourselves with everything we own in our closet. Yes, this sounds, yeah, you need to pull everything out. Okay, see it in all of its glory. Have If you have t-shirts tucked away in bins from high school, pull them out. If you have sports bras hidden in a drawer that haven't fit you since you had kids, pull them out. Spread everything out on your bed or on your floor so you can see everything. And guys, this step is so powerful because it helped me to see the volume of stuff that I had accumulated and all the things I was hiding because I just didn't want to have to deal with making a decision. But guys, procrastinating that decision ends here. Okay. Once everything is out for you to see, the next step is to create piles. Okay. So we've prayed, we have presented ourselves with everything. Next, you need to create piles. Organize things in groups of like items. If you have 20 pair of leggings, group them all together. Guys, when I did this, I found that I had over 30 t-shirts from high school summer camp, college sports, random sporting events, you name it, socks, underwear, group it all. Okay. Once you have prayed, gathered your piles, now it is time to purge. And this is honestly the most important part. I want you to do this. Hold every single item in your hand. Yes. Socks, underwear, sports bras, leggings, all the things. Hold it in your hand and ask yourself this one powerful question. Does this item align with who God calls me to be today, right now, in this moment, and who he is shaping me to be in the future? If yes, keep it. If no, toss it. If maybe, it's okay to have a maybe, separate it. Yeses, put them back into circulation. Nos, get donated, sold, or tossed if it's not usable for someone else. And maybes, get put back on the hanger and get this most important step here. Put them backwards so that the hanger is pointing the back of the closet. And if in six months you find that those maybe items are not used, that the hanger is still facing backwards, it's time to let them go. That maybe just became a no. That's it. Don't overcomplicate it. If it's not in alignment with who God says that you are right now in this season, then let it go. If loosen your grip on the price you paid, realize that the value you'll get from letting it go is immense. And last but not least, and this is often most missed step when women purge their closet, and that is this. Will you commit to making purposeful purchases in the future? Listen, if guilt or shame has been the driving force for holding on to stuff, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of the freedom that you have in him. Galatians 5.1 is the verse that God has just been repeating over and over again in my mind. And it reminds us that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of bondage. I believe it's time for women to start to break free from body shame. I believe it's time for us to honor the Lord in our body with the freedom that we have in Christ. It's time for us to step into the beauty that he's molded and crafted in our body and to worship him deeper and to pass that freedom along to the women beside and before us. Now, if you've taken anything away from this series, I hope it is this. You are made for more than the voices that body shame is telling you. You are made to make much of Jesus and live into the freedom and flourishing that only can come when our hearts, minds, and bodies are set on Christ. And that is my prayer for you. So as we wrap up this series together, I want you to take a deep breath. 
I want you to know that you're not alone anymore. You don't have to let anxiety rule your thoughts. You can lift, run, row, walk, dance, stretch, all just for pure enjoyment and for health because of this freedom we have in Christ. And it's my prayer that you join us for the Bibles and Bodies Masterclass because if you enjoyed this small three-part series, I know that you are going to be transformed by the teaching you'll be getting from it. And with all of the clothes you'll be selling after listening to this episode, you can more than cover the cost of the class at just $14.99. Am I right? But in all seriousness, let me close us out in prayer and I will hope to see you there. It's at February 21st. I have two class times, one at 11 a.m., one at 7 p.m. You can register, pay for the class, and keep it for the rest of your life. All right, so let's go ahead and pray. Father, you are good. You are compassionate. And even when we are faithless, you are always and will always be faithful Thank you for Jesus and the freedom that he gave us on the cross that breaks strongholds. God, we ask that this series live on as a tool for women to find freedom and ultimately find more joy and confidence in the body that you have beautifully crafted so that they, so that you are made much of. I pray that hearts and minds are set on you instead of our body's insecurities. I ask that Holy Spirit does the work necessary for all of this, and I ask humbly that if anything I share is not from you, that it falls on deaf ears. Father, use this for your glory. And in the precious name of Jesus, amen. Until next time, friends, stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura.